You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Working Like Dogs is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash working like dogs. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today our guest is Liz Palaika. And Liz has been writing professionally since 1985 when she first published in Dog Fancy Magazine. And since then, gosh, she's written more than 50 books and more than a thousand magazine articles and columns. She's been published in everything you can imagine from Dog Fancy to the AKC Gazette and a, a whole bunch of other pet publications. And she's even been in Newsweek. So we're really excited for Liz to be with us today. She's also founded the Love on a Leash Therapy Dog Program, which I'm really excited to hear more about, that reaches out to patients of hospitals and residents of retirement centers with therapy dogs. So we'll be right back after these messages with Liz, and please come back because we've got a lot to talk about today. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey, boy, how you doing? (coughs) What am I doing? (coughs) I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (coughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. (coughs) No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. (coughs) No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! <coughs> create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome 
welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're so excited today to have Liz Palaika as our guest. And hello, Liz, and thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. We're glad to be here. Working like dogs is, is my theme since I've got Australian Shepherds. I like to keep them, keep them busy. Keeping a dog working keeps them out of trouble. It does, or gets us into trouble, one or the other, which can be a good Either thing, one. too. <laughs> Either yeah. one. Well, I know, and people think about working dogs, and they think of them typically like Whistle. That's a working dog that helps someone with a disability. But there's so many, many other types of working dogs that I'm hoping we can talk about. And you sure. can tell us about your experience with working dogs. Well, my husband and I both have service dogs also, and our dogs, besides assisting us, also work as therapy dogs. They know how to pull wagons or carts. They herd geese on a regular basis. So my dogs have lots of jobs, including getting the newspaper in the morning. But just, you know, we keep them busy, keep keep them working. That's awesome, and that's the way it should be, right? <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. So tell us about the pet therapy dogs and how you founded Love on a Leash? Well, my first Australian Shepherd, my, well, when my husband and I first got married, we had German Shepherds, and we knew that those dogs needed a job, and, and they went on, and we trained them in search and rescue, and they earned obedience titles and so forth. But German Shepherds at that point were having a lot of health problems, and we lost one at the age of seven and one at the age of eight. And that totally devastated us. Our dogs are our family. They're, they're with us all the time. And so we were heartbroken, and we started looking for a breed of dogs that would have the working instincts that the German Shepherd had and want to do things with us, but that was healthier. We decided on an Australian Shepherd after a lot of research, and we got a black tri-male Aussie, and we named him Bear. Well, Bear had such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful temperament that my sister, who was in her teens at that time, named him Care Bear after the toys because he was just so affectionate and so loving. And he was trained, as all our dogs were, and had jobs to do, but he had such a loving, giving personality that there was just this thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to do more with him. There was something more that he could do. I read an article about a therapy dog program in Great Britain. I said, wow, that would be awesome. So I started researching, but there wasn't a local group in our area in San Diego County at that time. And I said, well, maybe I can get something going. And I knew very little about therapy dog work. But I contacted a Alzheimer's facility that was nearby, went to the activities director, and as it turns out, she had read the same article I had, and she was willing to give Care Bear and I a try. We had no certification, no insurance, no nothing, but she said, yes, let's, let's, see, what, let's see what happens. So she and I worked our way through it. We decided on some procedures and so forth and, of course, made sure that, that he was clean and no fleas and ticks. And, of course, he was always well-behaved. So we started. After we'd been visiting about a month, the director stopped me on one visit and said, I want more dogs to come. Uh, just Care Bear is wonderful, but I want more dogs. Can we have more dogs? And it just kind of grew from there. 
And in the process, I, I worked with some of the other national therapy dog organizations, including Delta and TDI, but their rules or regulations just weren't a good match for us. So I started a local organization in northern San Diego County, and we called it Love on a Leash, and it just took off from there. Now we're nationwide. That's so awesome. Well, yeah. I know I know. when I've been in the hospital over the years, I love nothing more than when it's the day up at Craig Hospital in Denver. They have the new fees that come every other week, the Newfoundlands. Uh-huh. And it's just it's so awesome to have them come get up in the bed with you when you're feeling so bad and to have these pet therapy dogs. There's nothing better. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yep. Well, so, I've been so, lucky enough not to have been in the hospital, but last fall my mom had a knee replaced, and uh, so I took my therapy dogs in to visit her when she was in the hospital, and I put the call out to some of the other Love and Unleash members, and they came in to see her. Now she's fully recovered from her knee replacement, and is training her dog as a therapy dog. So she just finished class and she'll be starting visiting with some of the same ladies who came in to visit with her. So Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, and when I was in the hospital, you know, I had my second service dog with me, Morgan. And uh-huh. it was so great because when the pet therapy dogs would come, he would get to play with them a little bit. So they were visiting not only me, but they were visiting <laughs> my service dog as well. So it was a yep. big highlight. So you said that you even have people outside of San Diego County that are part of your your organization now? We're nationwide. In fact, a couple of our biggest chapters, uh, we've got a huge chapter in St. Louis, Missouri, and we've got a huge chapter in Kentucky. How can people get a chapter started if they want to? Well, the website is www.loveonaleash, write it as one word, .org, O-R-G, and there's all the membership information up there, including some background information on Love on a Leash, and there's also information on chapters. So, That's so everything great. you need is loveonaleash.org. Well, I know I always have a lot of people that ask me how they can get their dog trained to be a pet therapy dog, and, and is there any training that you would recommend that people have before they start lots trying and lots to... And, yes, lots and lots <laughs> and lots of training. I do recommend therapy dog classes if a trainer in your area is teaching them. But even before you go to a therapy dog class, it's got to start with basic obedience. The therapy dogs have to be under excellent control, have to be well-behaved. We can't risk having a dog jump on someone or paw or scratch or Obviously, the dog cannot put his mouth on anyone. Even in play, he can't use his mouth. So it all starts with socialization as a puppy, getting that puppy out to walk on different floor surfaces, hearing different sounds, seeing different sights, meeting different people and people of all ages and and sizes and shapes and ethnic backgrounds. And then basic obedience, sit down, stay, walk on a leash nicely, and that means walk on a leash by your side, not pulling ahead so that the leash might trip someone or tangle someone up. All the basic commands. And the dog doesn't have to be a robot with the basic commands, obviously, but he has to respond well. So we can't have someone 
say, for example, someone's visiting and a patient falls. You can't have the dog's handler going, sweetie pie, sit, sit, please sit, 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 while you get help. The dog has to be able to respond. So we're very particular about that. The dogs have to behave themselves. And then in therapy dog classes, for example, at my dog training organization, Kindred Spirits, we introduce the dogs to wheelchairs, walkers, crutches, canes, hoses that make hissing noises, flapping sheets, walker falling down, all kinds of different things that the dog could run into when he's on a visit. Plus, we set up visit situations. We have uh, all our assistant trainers, and we'll have someone in a wheelchair and perhaps have crumbs in their lap, like they had a muffin for a snack. Dog's not allowed to go scarfing for those, those muffin crumbs. We'll have people that might hug the dog a little too hard, and then we, we talk to the potential therapy dog handler. How do you rescue your dog from that situation? Or if you're visiting with kids and a kid starts poking eyes or pulling ears, how do you protect your dog? So the therapy dog class can really set up a lot of situations so that when the dog and owner are ready to go visit, they are really ready. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I used to be a volunteer at a pet therapy dog training class. And Mm -hmm. I, as a wheelchair user, it was so fun because I'd get to sit there and every dog would get to climb up, you know, and and interact with me. And it was so great for my service dog because it gave her socialization of being around all of those dogs and having them interact with me. So it was great for both of us. Plus, I got lots of hugs and kisses, which was way big fun. (laughs) Well, the other thing that we teach, and and you may have done the same thing, is we have a, a good friend of ours. He's a quadriplegic, and he's been in a power chair for about 35 years now, I think. And he comes down, and he also, at our our bequest, talks about wheelchair etiquette. Yes. You know, when you're visiting people who are in a wheelchair, what to do and what not to do. And that's wonderful, because a lot of people don't think about it. You know, you don't walk up behind someone in a chair and lean over the top of them. Exactly. and, and And don't push their chair or move their chair unless you ask for permission first. Lots of things that people just don't think about. And so we love it when he he shares that wisdom with, with all our students. Yeah, that's perfect. You have to train your handlers as well as the dogs. It's so true. Oh, a lot of it's teaching the handlers, sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I know, because so many people lean on my chair and, and people don't realize that a wheelchair can be an extension of someone's body. So you really, it's not really okay to do that. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's what our friend Buddy says too. He says, you know, when you've been in a chair for a period of time, it is part of you. It's part of who you are and it's part of your privacy and your space. And he's in a power chair, but he says if people lean on his chair, they could hit the switch. And, you know, there's just, all kinds of things, and then he uses a service dog also. His dog is called Hilly, and he says that, you know, his space includes his space for Hilly, and so if people come pushing in or invading his space or Hilly's space, then that creates a problem, but, you know, if people ask, he's always willing to, you know, to give permission, but he just says, all I wish is that people would ask first. 
Yeah, I know. It's so funny. I, I totally agree with everything that he says. It's, <laughs> it's the same for me and Whistle. And it's so funny because Whistle has a little patch on his backpack that says, please don't pet me, I'm working. Exactly. And, and, and it's so funny because my husband has taken pictures of people actually petting him right near that little sign. They just uh-huh. told him. They totally disregard it and think that because he's a dog and because he's cute that they can automatically touch him, which is not the way that it is. So. No, it's, that's interesting because my husband and I are both Vietnam-era vets and we both have our dogs for assistance with PTSD. Now, my husband's dog is very... They're both Australian Shepherds. They're both black tri-Australian Shepherds. But Paul's dog has a lot more white on his face, and he's got a very cute face. He's, he's got a puppyish face. And on his, his vest, he's got the patch that says, please do not pet me. I'm working. And a service dog patch and a CGC patch and all that stuff. And he has a hard time keeping people from petting Archer because he has such a cute face. Now, my dog, Bashir, is darker, has more copper on him and less white, and he has a much more serious expression. People don't touch him at all. So it's very much, um, I think, the dog's appearance is a part of it, too. And bearing. Archer's a happy boy, very cute. He has the big, dark eyes. Bashir looks serious. It's like, I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Yeah. So that has something to do with it, too, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I know. I'm on my third dog now, and each Uh one of them, they had such different experiences with people. Uh Yeah, because my second dog, Morgan, who looks like a big teddy bear, he did not want anybody touching him. Uh-huh. He was like, he, he reminded me of the little kid, Ralphie, from A Christmas Story. Don't touch me, I'm busy. You know, yes, he was yes. like, <laughs> yeah, he totally didn't. But my other two, are, um, Ramona, was like, well, we called her a little slut puppy, actually, <laughs> because she was so easy. She was always wanting somebody to touch her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back after just a few seconds of hearing some messages from our sponsors and continue talking with Liz because we've got a lot more to talk about. So please come back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash working like dogs. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash working like dogs for your free audiobook. It's time for school for you and your friends. 
your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And today our guest is Liz Palaika, and we're just getting all kinds of great information and experiences from Liz of all of her years of experience. And and Liz, we were talking before the break about pet therapy classes, and there was just one other question I wanted to ask you, and that is for our listeners throughout the country, how could they find a pet therapy training class? Oh, just get on the phone and call local trainers in your area. Ask if they teach therapy classes or if they don't, if they know someone who does, because most trainers know what the other trainers in their area are doing. Either that or get on the Internet and Google for therapy dog classes in your area. I know here in San Diego there's two or three trainers who teach therapy dog classes, and I'm sure in most parts of the country it's it's probably the same. The other thing that you can do is ask around and find out what therapy dog organizations have chapters in their area. And there's several national organizations and many, many, many smaller ones, all of which do good work. So it, although I'm, of course, partial to Love on a Leash, the Delta Society has wonderful therapy dog programs. So does PDI, Therapy Dog International, or Therapy Dog Incorporated. And then there's many, many smaller regional organizations that do good therapy dog work. So there's a lot of them out there. Oh, that's great. Well, you just do so many different things. You've written so many books and articles, and and you're also hosting a show on Pet Life Radio. It's a doggy dog world. So tell us about that. 
We talk about anything and everything dogs. My co-hosts are my business partners at Kindred Spirits Dog Training here in northern San Diego County, and that's uh, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. And the nice thing about it's a doggy dog world is we can talk about anything dogs, <laughs> everything from choosing the right puppy for your household or, or choosing an adult rescue dog from the shelter or rescue group, socialization, training, exercise, dog food. We talk about it all. So we have a great time. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's it's a wonderful show, so I'm so glad to hear about that. And tell us about your latest book, Puppy Love. Well, Puppy Love grew out of our experiences teaching puppy classes. Oh, we've been teaching puppy classes for more than 25 years. And there are many things that puppy owners asked over and over and over again. So what I did is I got together with a good friend of mine who actually I know through Love on a Leash, who is a photographer and a photo editor. Her name is Sherry Wachstetter. And what we said was that a lot of the books that we saw out there for puppies either were full of wonderful, cute puppy photos and very little text, you know, coffee table type books, or they were books with lots of text and very few cute photos. We said, well, I bet people would want both in one book. So we designed a book that had one page of informative, succinct, knowledgeable text on one page, and on the other page, when you opened it up, was a full-page, gorgeous, cute, full-color puppy photo. And so each time you turned a page as the book was open, you got text on one page and a photo on the other. And we took that proposal to a publisher I've worked with very often, Howell Bookhouse at Wiley Publishing, and they loved the idea. So the book was released last year. It got wonderful, wonderful reviews up on Amazon.com, and it won a best general interest book from Dog Writers Association of America. And I just found out last week that the San Diego Book Writers Awards competition just nominated it for Best Pet Book for this year. Oh, congratulations. So, That's yeah, great. We're, we're absolutely thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Well, you should be. It sounds like such a wonderful tool that can really help people. I know there are so many puppy raisers out there for working dogs that are always looking for great books like that. So that's wonderful. Yep, yep. We're very proud of it. Well, you should be. That sounds great. Well, I know, and you've done so many other books as well. I mean, there's so many that I wanted to ask you about. And one I have to ask about, of course, is Animals at Work. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That's part of the ASPCA's kids' book series. and They put out a, a whole series of books on animals for, for children. And Animals at Work is a profile of a variety of animals and the, what they do to work with us and to help us. I don't like to use the term serve us so much because it's, that sounds like they're just strictly doing things for us. But instead, I like to look at the teamwork, the partnership that dogs and cats, even cats and horses and mules and everything else do with us. And I talk to people all over the, not just all over the country, but all over the world and interview them about 
their working animal partners from library cats to the old-fashioned barn cats to service dogs and therapy dogs and dogs who participate in reading programs for kids at libraries and schools and the Budweiser Clydesdales and police horses and park horses and it was just it was wonderful and uh, I've gotten a lot of nice feedback from teachers that their kids just absolutely love the book. Well, that's so amazing, and I, I'm always amazed at how many types of jobs there really are for dogs and how many ways that not only dogs but other animals are working and, and helping people and contributing oh, yeah. so much. I know. It, it just it still blows my mind when, when I, I think of all the different ways and all the different people that I've encountered. It's just so exciting to see that, and it's so humbling to really think about all the ways that animals impact our lives every day it's just tremendous i'll tell you what when i was interviewing people for for that book it and it's not a big book it's a children's book but i got a little teary on more than one occasion yeah (laughs) i know well i still am just when whistle does things to help me just as he and i you know, expand our relationship and it gets deeper and deeper. It still brings me to tears when I look at his face and I see how excited he is to help me. And yeah. I know what a difference it's made for me. And I get teary all the time. It's just, it's, it's so moving. It really is personally. And then to experience other people. I mean, it, it really yeah. is. Yeah, well, look, is. I, I've got a couple of uh, therapy dog stories for you. If we got the time. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so it'll move you to tears. My husband and I had an Australian Shepherd named Dax. She has since crossed the Rainbow Bridge, and I'm sure she's over there keeping all the other dogs in line. She was a very, very bossy Australian Shepherd girl, but she was an awesome therapy dog, absolutely awesome therapy dog, and she was very empathic. I learned to pay attention to her. So we'd been visiting this Alzheimer's facility, and there was a gentleman there who felt that dogs belonged outside. And so everyone in our therapy dog group knew to, we just greeted him, good morning, Harry, and we would move on. We, we didn't push him because we knew what his beliefs were. So that was fine. Not everybody has to love our dogs like we do. Well, one day when we walked in, Dax made a, she was on leash, but she made a beeline to Harry. And I was thinking, huh, well, okay. I had learned to trust her, but I was also ready to move her away quickly should he become upset. Well, she went straight up to Harry, very carefully lifted herself up, so one paw on each side of his legs, his lap, so she didn't put any pressure on his lap, and she gently nosed him, nose to nose, and then put her head into his chest. And I'm holding my breath going, because he often got quite emphatic, get that dog out of here. But he hugged her head to his chest, and he started to cry. Now, this was a big man, big, dark man, Probably standing up was over six foot tall, 
I'd say 240, 250 pounds, looked like he'd worked hard all his life. His hands were big and tough. And here he was hugging my dog with her head to his chest, and he's just bawling. Everybody else in the room, including all the other therapy dogs and handlers, the caregivers, we just froze. Everybody just froze. Nobody moved. And he cried for a few more minutes, and then he let go of her. He wiped his eyes, pushed her off his lap, and Dax just walked away. It was like she knew he needed her at that moment. Yeah, and she... she provided that release for him, and then it was over, and we all just went back to what we were doing. Wow, but she got just... him. Yeah, she really connected with him, and she understood him. Yeah, she yeah. knew that most of the time he didn't want anything to do with her. She, yeah. she didn't go up to him, but she knew when we walked in at that moment, he needed her, and oh. and she provided that release. So it was just, oh, it was all, it was amazing. That's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, oh. Now, another one that happened uh, just recently, my 11-year-old Australian Shepherd, his name is Riker, he has been visiting a daycare center for kids in the foster care system. So kids that are no longer with their parents and are in foster care, this daycare has been set up so that when their foster parents are at work or or after school or something like that, when the kids need a little daycare. Most of the kids are school age, and it's after school or something like that. Well, we've been visiting there for about three years, and it's it's tough to visit because some of these kids are, are very damaged. Uh, things have happened to some of these children that just should never happen to anyone, never mind a kid. But Riker's very caring, he's fun, he's happy, he's affectionate, and so he's a good match for these kids. And we go once a week. Well, one day when we pulled into the driveway and into the parking lot, I saw that the director was out front. And when I pulled into a parking spot, she knows my my van, she walked out to greet us. And of course, my initial thought was, "Uh uh-oh, what did we do on our last visit? Why is she out here waiting for us? I thought, well, I don't remember Riker getting too rough and scratching someone or anything like that, but I was kind of, uh-oh, you know, like you are when a kid. Oh, I must have messed up. <laughs> well, when she got to us, she said, I've been waiting for you. Uh, okay. And she said, we have a little girl in, and I want Riker to meet her because she's not settling in well. Oh, okay. Well, no problem. And then she said the little girl was born with fetal alcohol syndrome and is blind and deaf. And I went, oh, Helen Keller's type of thing. I said, I don't know anything about that. I have no background in working with kids like that. And she said, no, 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 we're not worried about you. We want Riker. Okay. (laughs) I'm just holding the leash. All right, no problem. And she said... The little girl whose name is Gracie, and that won't invite, invade her privacy, just giving her first name. So her name was Gracie. And the director said, Gracie's 
only been there a couple of days after special education classroom, and she's still worried. She sits in the chair where she's left, and she won't get up from the chair. And if they try to get her up from the chair, she starts to scream. So they want her to relax and, and find that this is a fun place for kids to be. Okay, well, Riker's pretty good at that. So Gracie was sitting in a chair, cute little pixie of a little girl, absolutely adorable. And she's sitting in the chair, swinging her legs back and forth, but she's got a firm grip on the arm of the, each arm of the chair. So the director said, have Riker stand crosswise right in front of her, and she says, I'll put Gracie's hand on Riker's coat. Well, as an Australian shepherd, he's got a nice, fluffy, silky coat. So Riker also has the tendency to give a lot of kisses, and he gives floppy kisses. So I didn't want him to scare her. So as I stood him in front of her, I grabbed the front of his neck under his collar so I could control his head. And I just told him, Riker, stand. And the director put one of Gracie's hands in his coat. And initially, Gracie looked a little hesitant, but then she started wiggling her fingers and she started to smile, just a little bitty smile. And I think at the time that I saw her smile, I must have just loosened my hand a little bit on the front of Riker's neck because he swiped around with that great big, I swear, two-foot-long tongue of his and slobbered her up the face. And I grabbed him. I almost strangled him when I grabbed his head back. And I'm going to myself, oh, my God, I hope we didn't scare her. Oh, my gosh, I hope we didn't scare her. But she started to laugh. Oh, she started to laugh. And then both hands were in her his coat, and she's rubbing her fingers through his coat. Now, I've still got a death grip on this head, but she's rubbing both hands through her, his coat, and she's just laughing. Pretty soon, she's off the chair, and she's feeling him all over. Within a half an hour, she had his leash, and they were out walking around the playground, <laughs> And then the other kids started to come over, and they, the director had briefed the kids on how to act with her, and they were touching her arm or touching her shoulder to let her know they were there. And I was just standing on the porch overlooking the playground in tears. That's my dog. That's oh. my dog. Oh. So wonderful. Oh, well, so you're wonderful. right. That was a tearjerker story. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh that's, just, that's just so beautiful. It's just so, it's just, it, you know, we just can't begin to fathom what these animals have going. I mean, it's just so amazing. And they are capable of so much more than most dogs are ever given the chance to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with a pet dog. My dogs are pets first. They're pets first, companions, then working dogs. But I think sometimes we we don't give them enough credit for what they are able to do. They can do so much more. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with that more. It's so true. I mean, I think that every Every dog has the capability to do something like that. Even little jobs at home. Give them a job. Let them get the newspaper yes. in the morning. Teach yes. them to pick up the wet towels on the bathroom floor and put them in the hamper for you. That's right. Uh, 
teach them to pick up their own toys when they're done and put them back in the toy basket. Yep. I mean, dogs can do that. They, yes, they, they can, and they that. love it. Yeah, and they yes. love it. Yeah, they really do. I yeah. rotate picking up the newspaper in the morning between my two older dogs, and they know which day is their turn. For example, today was was Rikers, the older boy. He was his turn. So when I got up and brushed my teeth and got dressed and went out to the door to let the dog out to get the newspaper, he was the one at the door going, "My turn, my turn, my turn, my turn," and. <laughs> He went out, got the newspaper, brought it in, and he's just ecstatic. I got the paper. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so it's so endearing and so wonderful. It just it really is. Well, yeah. I am so sorry that we're out of time because I could sit and talk to you all day, Liz. <laughs> and I hope you'll come back and join us. And I can't sure. wait to listen to your show. It's a doggy dog world on Pet Life Radio. And before we go, tell our listeners how they can can check out your websites and get more information about you and your books and your show well if everybody's got a pen and hand and paper the website for my books is www.lizpalaika.com and that's l-i-z-p-a-l-i-k-a.com that's all my books if anyone would like to see more about our dog training, including our service dog training, because we train service dogs also, that's www.kindredspiritsk9.com, and that's K-I-N-D-R-E-D-S-P-I-R-I-T-S, the letter K, the number 9.com. And then, of course, the therapy dog organization, Love on a Leash, is www.loveonaleash, as one word, .org, O-R-G. Great. Well, thank you so much, Liz. And we sure. thank you, our listeners, for being with us today. And we hope you'll come back and join us again on Pet Life Radio. And if you have any comments or questions or ideas of something that you'd like for us to do a show about, please feel free to email me. And that email is Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. So thanks so much for being with us, and we hope you'll come back soon. And thanks to our producers and our sponsors for enabling us to bring you Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.